Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. West Cork Beard Company. Make beard oil and beard balm for a strong, healthy, great-looking beard. Handmade from all natural ingredients in Clonakilty, West Cork. Check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice. Or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie For gooners everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Arsenal videos and podcasts. Download the free Gunners app now from the App Store and Google Play. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you may be. As you can see, we've not got Craig here today. I think, I reckon the game yesterday is just too much for him. I know it's too much for Dan. He's gone away for a few days to just uh, <laughs> recharge. And, um, you know, uh, so it's um, me and Harry here today with a special guest we've got today. Like, you know, if people don't know him, Guna Russ, otherwise known as Russell. Um, I, I don't know what to say, like Russell... Cronky out. I'll just say, Russ, what do you reckon, Russ? I think like, uh, every word is cronky out with you these days. So, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, good. Uh, Guna Russ, laughing Guna. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I've got the club in, at my heart, mate. I might moan a lot, but I've got the club no, at listen, heart. I 100% know that. Like, if anybody don't know, me and Russ go to games together. We've known each other for a few years and we get on really well. And... Uh, to be honest, um, he does drive me nuts with the cronky out stuff and everything, but he's got a point and we're going to let it, we're going to unleash him today, Harry. We're going to unleash what he's got to say. Let's do, and, it. Um, <laughs> let's do it. Now, listen, it's been a, a bad, bad few weeks and I I think yesterday um, it all comes ahead as far as I was concerned. I don't know about you guys. Um, we're going to the Granite Shacker thing. We're going to all, all uh, the aspects of what it was, but 
for me, it has to come down to one thing now. And I don't want to be on this thing of in and out, like, because I'm not in, not in all that. I'm going to be honest. After uh, yesterday and the team, when the team come out, Mikel lost me as a, as a, as a backer. I was absolutely dumbfounded with the actual team selection. Not for the players. When you're continually having players play bad for you, or not bad, just out of form. I think I think that's what I'm going to say. You know, I mean, these these players are not bad players. They're professional footballers for Christ's sake, but they're out of form, and they was continually to keep playing. When I see the team, one one player was left out from that team against Spurs, and that was partly because of injury, like you know. And um, I I was down, you know, and I just lost all art in the game, boys. I don't know how you felt about it. But that was it for me. Um, you know, obviously I want him to win. And, and once he lost, I just couldn't defend him no more. Harry, Harry just before I start, I've got the hat on because um, I'm, I, I said oh, I'm going to let my hair grow um, until Arsenal <laughs> win a game. Until they win a game. I've got a fucking ponytail now, like. But anyway, that's another thing, like. Um, so uh, no one's seeing all the grey. So I'm uh, I'm going to keep with it until Arsenal win a game. So. Uh, Probably have a hippie hair within the next couple of weeks, but there you go. So, um, Harry, what do you what do you reckon on that? What, what's your feelings with that? Yeah, that, just before I come into that, let me just say hello to a couple of guys with super chats uh, to the yeah, Arsenal Lounge. Evening, guys. Uh, good to see you. Evening, boys. Looking forward to this, but if he goes, Edu and Vin, I should follow him. Uh, so, very much of the opinion that. Uh, the problem is is further up the chain as well. Um, and PIDS1990 says the boss Lee is in the room. So thank you both uh, for your kind donations. Um, yeah, going back to what you were saying, um, it is becoming increasingly difficult, isn't it, to, to keep supporting Mikel Arteta when things that are so clearly an issue, uh, certain players that are so clearly an issue, certain players that are just bang out of form keep getting selected. And at some point, you know, you've got to change it. And with every passing week that Mikel refuses to change it, it's the pressure is increasing and rightly so. You know, we talk a lot about sort of the Europa League performances, which have been kind of the only positive this season. And you, and you look at those performances and you look at some of the youngsters and you say, yeah, they've done all right. You know, they've come in, they've done a job. Now, I completely accept that the level of opposition that we've faced so far in that competition isn't anywhere near some of the Premier League sort of clubs in terms of standard. And I get all of that. But the players that he is picking are not delivering. So why the reluctance to change it? That's what I don't get. You know, we're talking about a manager who, when it comes to certain players, has been extremely ruthless. When you're talking about Ozil, when you're talking about Socrates, when you're talking about Genduzi, for example, and that's just to name a few. He's been so ruthless with those guys. Yet when it comes to certain other players, the Jackers, the Bellerins, the Williams, he he's afraid of making changes and, and he's showing some clear favouritism. And that is never going to sit well with the rest of the dressing room. And, uh, you know, how many times is it going to happen? How many times are we going to make the same mistakes? Yes, the players are not good enough. I think we can all agree on that, that the squad isn't isn't good enough. But that squad should not be in 15th place in the Premier League. It is better than that. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. And um, that's um, that's why it's all becoming so frustrating. It feels like the off-the-field issues, and by those I mean the fallings out with players behind the scenes, the leaking of stuff, stories to the press. I feel like all of that stuff is just creating a terrible environment 
and making what was already a difficult job for Mikel Arteta an even harder one. But he's played his part in this as well. The fault is with him as well. It's not just solely down to the players, although I acknowledge they play a big part. Yeah, you know, people keep defending. Not, I say defending Arteta. They're trying to defend Arteta, and rightly so at times. And they're saying, like, it's not Arteta, it's the players. The players are not good enough. Mm. I've seen a chat, a few people are saying, you know, the players are not out of form. They're they're not good enough. But I I, I agree with that. Let's just have a look at this one. Even all burgers all round. Give the kids a go. Ayla Miles, yep. Um, I, 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 I think that what happens if these players are not good enough it's still Mikel Arteta has been picking them. And that has been my problem. If he would have come, for instance, if on Sunday he would have played, just say, um, Maitland-Niles in midfield and uh, Balligan up front and it didn't work and we lost 1-0, I would have been a little bit more, oh, that's all right. At least he's tried to change it. He's mixed it up. It's not worked. But what he's done is he's continued to play the same players all week in, week out. And I think that that is, that is the problem. For it's, And you say about ruthlessness, which is fair enough, you know, and I agree with that. But you have to look at somebody like Willett. Willett had one game, didn't play that well in it, dropped. And then I see players continually playing bad and still in the side. And I just think, well, come on, Mikel, do something different. Shake it up a little bit. You know, the thing about Saliba, Saliba's saying he's ready. I, I'm watching uh, Holding and I'm seeing the same mistakes from him week in, week out. And I'm thinking he's not good enough. But then you're then Mikel Arteta is saying that Saliba's not good enough. So these are the problems that I think that are starting to grow with with Mikel Arteta now, like you know. And I'm a big a big fan of his. Something's gone wrong from from the um, uh, the beginning of the season in the transfer window and whatever, and it's just materialised on the pitch. Russ, what, what's your thoughts on this? And uh, on Mikel Arteta, what 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 are you thinking, and what's your uh, what's your thoughts? I'm seeing the same pattern uh, evolving as we had with Unai Emery. Um, if you remember when Emery first came, it, it was like a breath of fresh air. The players responded. We were playing a pressing game. We were playing out from the back to our detriment at times. I must admit, towards the end, um, but we had an energy about us and we had an attacking verve about us for about 20-odd games. And all of a sudden, it was like the players just went, not doing this no more. Had enough of this style. It's too knackering. Not interested. Let's get the manager out. Let's fucking finish him off, get him out the door. The performance in Baku, etc. And now I'm seeing the same thing. The When Arteta first came, the game against Chelsea, if you remember, on the, on the Boxing Day, High pressing all over the pitch, players walking off the pitch shattered. Unlucky to lose that game. Next game was, I think, Man United. Played played really, really well. Pressed them all over the pitch, made them make mistakes, got two goals. Job done. That lasted until about eight games from the end, from the end, um, to the race, to the to the lockdown, and then when we came back. We seem to go back to this negative possession-based dross that we've been we've served up under Wenger for the last two or three years. Possession-based training ground, insipid dross, and that's what the, the players have reverted to now. And the only th- the only thing that I can think of is that there are clicks in that dressing room, 
There are certain players that are contractually we are obliged to play. It might be a bit controversial, but I've heard little whispers that certain players have got in contracts that they, if fit, have to play. Is that, I'm, I'm playing a bit of devil's advocate here, is that forcing his hand to play players he doesn't really want to? Listen, we always said, didn't we, this was going to be a throwaway year. <laughs> I don't think we were quite ready for like a relegation battle throwaway year. Um, but until we, I think a lot of us agreed we didn't want Arteta for a start. We didn't want him. He wasn't the fans' pick. I don't think there's, I think if you speak to 100 Gooners, maybe one or two would say, yeah, we'll give him a go. But all of us were fucking mad, didn't we? We all went mad when he got when he got the job. Then have a cheap option. Why are we going for an inexperienced manager who's put the cones out at Manchester City, etc., etc.? Uh, I I I hate to see managers sacked, but but when their time comes, their time comes. Will this ball back him? They won't back him in January because we never do. January, the January transfer window is the new year to us. It's not nothing else but the new year. So uh, for, for, I'm hearing spin and rumours coming out about 100 million war chests and 200 million pound war chests. That ain't going to happen. So we've got two choices here with the manager. We either stick, wait until the the old guard have got rid of, because it's the old guard that are making the are giving us the same poor performances and it's tainting other players. Other players are giving up. I don't know if anyone noticed the body language when they were doing their warm-up before the game, the faces. Oh, my God. Look, they were going to go and be hanged. Not play a game of football. They look miserable. And I think I think we went to, um, I think, an away game down the South Coast League when they were doing their warm-up. We all remarked, they all look like they're fucking pissed off and they don't want to be here. I think it might have been a Bournemouth game. When Bournemouth turned us over, when Jack when Jack Wilshire played one of his last games, it might be that game, and they looked like they just wasn't interested, and that, that looked the same to me. Not a smile on their face, no communication, no communication amongst the teammates. There's clicks in that dressing room that need to be dissolved before any manager, no matter how good he is, comes to this club and turns it around. So that is the big quandary for me: stick or twist. You either stick with this man, no matter what the consequences, and the consequences could be dire, or you sack him, get somebody else into as a fire as a fire guard to, to, to put the fire out. Because I can't see these players playing for this manager anymore. They need a rocket put out their ass. Well, that's a big that's a big statement, Russ. If they don't want to play for him no more, you know. Um, uh, the one, the one thing I I I I I I see of it is that um, if if like when I was when we last season I was seeing us play out from the back there was some good football you know and from from the goalkeeper through the lines and we was playing I don't see none of that now I don't see any any of that you know and my my biggest worry is that it's just it's the confidence of the, the manager has gone. The confidence of the players in the manager has gone. Now, my my problem is, yeah, okay, right. Let's let's give him another game. Obviously, they're going to keep him on at Wednesday. If they was to lose to Southampton, 
which I can't see us beating at Southampton, if I'll be honest. In, in current form, I know that there's always a chance, but if you really, really think they're, in, they're flying, I can't see us beating them. I can't see us going to Everton getting a result. Then we've got Manchester City in the cup, and then we've got Chelsea in the cup. Now, if the disaster happens, Harry, and we was to lose all those games, that is uh, seven games on the spin at home. Can a manager survive that? Can any manager survive that? A manager shouldn't survive that at a club the size of Arsenal and a club with the demands that are set at, a, at Arsenal. It's simple as that. But I still don't like, I look at what's been going on sort of over the last year or so since Mikel came into the job. You look at some of the shifts behind the scenes. There's been a lot of unrest there. You look at the fact that he's been promoted from head coach to manager. You look at the fact that the, the Cronkies put their hands in their pockets or, or whether it was actual cold, hard cash or whether they restructured I something. I think we know the answer to that one, Harry. Well, <laughs> at, the end of the, at the end of the day, Russ, you know, they, they made the party deal happen. You know, it's, it's, it's been sort of cleared up that... It's because of Edu going to them that they got that deal done. So I I can't really... Look, I think they're terrible owners in the sense of they're so absent and they're so clueless about the sport that there's no way that they can possibly do the best for Arsenal. But one thing I won't knock them on is the, is the finances, the financial side, because they are spending money and they've been spending money at a time when Arsenal haven't been in the Champions League. And, you know, our income has taken a massive battering, plus the fact now that there's no fans in the ground. And they're still buying players. Whether they're the right players or not is a different matter. And that lies at the door of those who are, are tasked with going and finding players, whether that's Edu, it's Arteta now as well. And I guess... Mikel shouldn't survive, Lee, going back to your point, if if that's what happens. But the problem here is that I cannot see the Arsenal board pulling the trigger anytime soon. And, you know, it will have to get... I mean, it can't get much worse, but you feel like it's going to have to be really, really bad for them to actually move on it and move him out. And, and at the same time, I've got this kind of... I don't know where to go because on the one hand, I think he's making the same mistakes over and over again. He's got to be sort of moved on. And on the other hand, I'm thinking, but then who do you go and get? And then people bang on about the process, but do you start the process all over again with somebody else? You know, you also... That, got... What is sorry. the process? Well, no, that's, well, the... that's... Sorry, the... that's a massive point yeah. because, and a great point, because if if they bring in somebody else, right... Just like Pepe, you can tell that uh, Pepe's seventy-two million pound isn't uh, Mikel Arteta doesn't fancy him because he's not his player. So we could have that with another player, like I don't know, like um, a Willian or uh, or, or, or who, who can I say? I don't know somebody like um, a Bamiang. He might not fancy a Bamiang, this new manager, and. Um, so there's there's a problem there straight away, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? So it's a, that's a fantastic. Can I, just, can I just say something, Lee? Yeah, go I on. Far not, away. I would not have touched William with a barge pole. I wouldn't have touched him with a barge pole. I thought it was an awful signing, to be honest with you. Awful. I, I was okay with William coming in if it was on the basis of him providing some experienced cover to the likes of 
Saka, who's young, to the likes of Martinelli when he comes back, because he is an experienced head and I thought he would bring something to the squad. What I didn't want to see was Willian starting every single week. And that's what Mikel's done, which is really frustrating. Just a quick super chat, Lee. Sorry, um, just because they, they disappear off the screen after a while. Uh, no Bellerin or Xhaka in the next game. Arteta will be having nightmares because he can't pick him. The man is done. He should be doing what Rooney's doing at Derby, learning his trade. So, Liam, thank you for your kind donation, but he's very yeah, much in your opinion. That, that is, is a, great, a, great, uh, a great thing there, and it's a great super chat. The one thing that I will say is on, on um, Arteta's... Uh, well, maybe this is, this is the thing, because now he can't pick those two. And maybe, you know, he's going to bring in Cedric, maybe play Maitland-Niles in midfield. And it may be the 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 the, the point that turns it all around, Rust. Can you see something like that happening and, and Mikel coming through the, through the ashes here? Or, or, or do you think he's now done with him? I, I so, personally can't see it, but is there, is there a chance? This this could be just a, a, a streak of luck, a stroke of luck. Yeah, exactly. What I but, think. But, but just it might be like a Mark Robbins moment or a um, a Rashford moment at Man United a few years ago when we went up to Old Trafford, remember, and we expected to win, and they gave that Rashford his debut, and and he he was man of the match. You know, we've got to start taking some gambles now because what's been done for the past eighteen months is just not it's just not working. It's just the form. As I kept saying to everyone I know, the form over the past you know, 10 games of this season and the previous 10 games of last season is relegation form. Can anyone honestly say that we have played well this season at all, other than Fulham away and Man United away, where we played well and we got a result? Clean sheet, won the game, yeah. away from home. No, the games against West Ham, we were lucky. The game yeah, against Sheffield we United, yeah, we were lucky. Um, the, the, the Leeds United game, they hit the woodwork three or four times. We were lucky there to get a point there. And can anyone honestly say we were unlucky to lose any of those home games? No, we were no. outplayed in all of them. We were, we were second best in all of them. So we do need what I call an Alex Ferguson moment to, to, save, to save his job, I think. It might, it might just be that hey, Maitland Niles. You've said this before, Lee. When a player gets the chance, he's got to grab that chance by the scruff of the neck and make it his. Make that position his, and then there's no excuse. Then, if he if he plays really well against Southampton, Maitland Niles win, lose or draw, and shows some desire and shows a bit of pluck and shows something different, a new solution, then we'll all go, we'll all go like that. Well done, Arteta. Well done, Arteta. Now, keep him in the fucking team. There seems to be a massive disconnect between the pathway to the first team from, from the what I call the Europa team. It seems to be like a, a brick wall there. There's a few players that make the, make the crossover, but there's too many who aren't making the crossover who are performing well. And I don't give a monkeys about the opposition. It's the performance. It's the style. It's the, it's the, the movement. It's... The things that we've we've got three totem poles standing up front at times, and people are moaning about our midfield player, that midfield players not be able to create. You can't create when you've got totem poles standing in in lanes. You've got to have movement up front. 
You've got to have work rate and movement from your forwards. And I'm afraid it's sadly lacking when I'm watching the games. Anyway, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the lack of work rate from the forwards. Russ, that's a good point. Do you want to put those super chats up, Harry? Or, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's uh, do let's those go. super chats. And like, uh, this is a point that I was going to bring up today if I wasn't actually hosting. So why is that area? What's put what what's just put Callan Chambers in at right back now and then and Sabias as a midfield to Mike, if he does that, you know, I mean I he's think that, you know if he if he does yeah. that, he's finished. Because that's yeah, been he's tried. Finished. It's all been tried, he's finished. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If he does that and, and we lose again, I'm afraid then yeah, he's gonna have to be bold in this one, like you know what I mean? He's gonna he's, be very bold. He's, he's had Lee, he's had credit in the bank. That FA Cup. That gave yeah. you credit in the bank, but the credit's That's been gone now. That's gone now, Russ. It's been spunked. Yeah. That's gone. You, Russ just come up with a good point. This is a point I was going to make. I'll put it over to you. Harry. Do you think, right, that the um, Europa League has made a click in the two teams because, like, like it's two different teams. Like one, one team and one. There's a little bit of a click, a little bit of, and I, like, and I look at other teams. I look at, uh, you know, Tottenham. They they still have played quite uh, strong uh, teams, yeah. side. So it's not been like one team here and one team there. And I, I, do you think that could have created a click? Because I, I think that it may well have done, you know. I, I'm not sure that it would have created a click whereby you've got two groups that are like against each other. I think what it will have done, though, is it will have disappointed some players that they're playing well in that competition. And like Russ said, there is that brick wall and they, they don't feel like those performances are being rewarded by getting opportunities in the Premier League. I do think that that is an issue. Um, I mentioned a little bit earlier on the word process and a load of people in the chat were like, you know, process, what are you talking about process? <laughs> when I say process, right, I'm not talking about Mikel Arteta. I'm talking about the process of removing all the shit from Arsenal Football Club, all the shit players that for years and years and years have failed us. The process is moving them out and none of them are going to go anywhere until the end of the season because they're all on big salaries. They're all on big contracts. We tried for love and for money in the summer to sell them and they, nobody would take them. So no, I thought, I thought Mich- Dan, Dan Potts was in the room there. <laughs> Mikel Arteta, Arteta gave an interview to a Spanish media outlet around about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And he said, I've got six or seven players in my first team that cannot play the way I want to play football. So Mikel knows that those players need to be moved on. He knows that Ozil's going. He knows that Mustafi's going. He knows that Socrates is going. He knows that a load of these players are not going to be there next season. So, Harry, Harry, why would you trust those people to save your job? Exactly. This is my point. This is why I'm so frustrated by him now. Because... If they're not the future, fine, move them out and use the players that you do think is the future. And going back to Lee's point earlier on, if he had set up the team yesterday with Reese Nelson, Maitland Niles, Emil Smith Rowe, Joe Willock, uh, Eddie and Ketia, and we got beat, yeah, we'd have been upset that we got beat, but the reaction would have been different because 100%. He'd, he'd have 100%. been at least showing that he is trying something different. Because we're trying to build something for the future and look, look back to the past all the time. That is, yeah. that is what, what the process should be. 
what what is the point? And this is my argument, and this is my things with, with Mikel Arteta at the moment. What is the point of Mustafi sitting on the bench, okay, when you could have had Saliba sitting on the bench, learning, getting into the first team surroundings, getting to do learning it all, like you know, that they are the things that are starting to wind me up. Like the week before in the Europa League, we know Mustafi's leaving. We know he's not going to be part of the football club. He's walking out with the armband on. He's leading out the team. This, <laughs> these sort of things are starting to make me think. Well, what is going on here? Like you know, what I mean, and he's trying to defend you. you you know, you're trying to defend him. I'm looking at trying to, you know, because we, we as Arsenal fans, we don't want to see managers getting sacked because if a manager gets sacked, it means we're not doing well. You know, we've I, had, I, Lee, we've only had, I think someone said the other day, we've only had 25 managers in 130 years or something. Yeah, well, and in our time... It's not, you know, that's I, not the Arsenal way, is it, to keep sacking no, managers? it's not. It's not the Arsenal way because most of the times the board and the, who's ever in charge gets gets the right decision. They get the right um the right appointment. You know, yeah. listen, I can go back you, me and you can go back, Russ, to um to when Jules Graham was appointed. You know, there was talk about um I'm glad you left to, me out of that. <laughs> yeah, let, let's get out of this one. Like, and, you know, and a lot of Arsenal fans were moaning because they wanted Terry Venables, if you remember. Terry Venables and there was Johan Cruyff mentioned, you know what yeah. I mean? I think that was the Arsenal thing. But yeah. I remember Terry Venables was definitely one with and, and we signed this man from uh from Newell. Um, and I'm looking at it and going, Well, I don't really remember George Graham in the double winning side. I was too young. I'm not, I wasn't too but he come in and he changed it all around. And you have to say fair play to the board. But they've now making mistake after mistake on the manager's thing. Now, I thought, Lee, I actually thought there was um, a lot of resemblance between George Graham and Arteta when he first came in because it was there is a certain degree of it's my way or the highway with Arteta, and that's exactly what George Graham was like. He was yeah, very he, was. he called he called, as you remember he pulled Charlie Nicholas in. He says your surplus requirement, son. You want you might have scored two goals in the League Cup final, but you're not part of my plans. Find another club. Bang, gone. Yeah. You know, he was like that. It was ruthless. And then he, he went and bought his players that he wanted. But he, he, was backed, he was backed by the board. I mean, it was a different time. And we did go to lower leagues to find good players, which we don't do now for some reason. No, no. And then the game's changed, obviously. But also the fact of the matter is that he learned his trade at another club. He learned it at Millwall. Yeah. And then, then, he, then he's made his mistakes at... Um, some mistakes at Mill certainly would have made some mistakes at Arsenal as well, as, as every manager does. But the fact of the matter is, he had bit, had experience. We've got this manager in, and like you know, and I, I honestly think that the, the mis, it's, it's, this season's been a real tough, tough time for him. And this is when you draw on your experience, and he hasn't got none. And the other the other side of it is, I don't think he's got anybody there helping him. I was going to say that, Lee. He hasn't got a number two. A, a top number two, because somebody, if you number number two, you say, you get, you're writing out the team and you're saying, I'm going to play Bellerin at right back, I'm playing holding, yeah. I'm going to play yeah. Someone yeah. Says, Really, Mikel? We, this team's not performing. It's not performed. Someone's not giving him the right advice, neither. I, I really do believe that. I'm not sticking up for him, I'm just saying. And, um, and I think that these things now are, 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 have come home to roost. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question because it's it's been asked to me like you know we're all like hesitant if that if um 
for instance, I'm going to name four four managers that I think that should be in the frame for Arsenal, and all four have decided, have said, yes, I'm, I'm happy to take the job for whatever circumstances. I've got Allegri, I've got um, Pochettino, I've got Rafa Benitez, and Brendan Rodgers down here. Now, could you, could you just re- reiterate what you just said? Because my sound went. Right, I said I've got is, right, that, is, is that Is that managers who said they will come, no matter what yeah, circumstances? Yeah, hypothetically saying they've decided to that. come. Eh? They've said that, or that's what you would like them to say. They've said that. Hypothetically, hypothetically. Oh, hypothetically, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. So they've got all these managers coming in, right? Now, you've got a choice of all those four managers, right? First, one of your choices, right? But the first thing you've got to do is you can either stick with Mikel or you can fall back on one of those four managers. Well, it's, quite com- it's, 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 quite, it's quite common knowledge that, we, that I wanted Allegri or Simeone last time. So um, you're saying um, you've got Allegri's on there. He, he said that he's willing to come. So you've got, you're a member of the board. You would go in now and say, right, we've got to get rid of Mikel to bring him in. It, yeah, if, if, if he was available and he would come under the terms, the, the, the very constricting terms, he would have to, he would have to cut restricting terms of it. He would have to come and work under, i.e. a lack of a transfer budget, um, the lack of... Um, Good players are already here. So it's a massive rebuild job, this. <laughs> Make no bones about it. It's top to bottom, massive rebuild. We're not just looking for four or five players now to bolster the squad up. We're looking for five or six first-team regulars to be replaced. Then we've got to have backup for them players. We're talking about 12, 10, 12 players we need. The 10 or 12 players shipping out. It's a massive rebuild. Would Allegri come here under those terms? He would do if we had a Saudi Arabian owner with an unlimited budget, but not with this. Not with these people. They've just spent seventy odd million pound on players this this summer. They spent seventy million pound. Uh, we've been we've been all through this before. Like, yeah, I know. Been, yeah. It's boring. It's boring. Our net spend is fifty million pounds a year for the last five years. Right, that is that is the end of it. That's, it's boring. Yeah, I'm not, what I'm saying, I'm, I'm playing devil devil's advocate here, like. Since they've took over, solely took over, they've made some big investments, Harry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. you, you you have to say that, you know what I mean? Like, whether you think they're right or wrong, they have done some. They've, they've bought in players, wrong players, in my opinion. Seventy million on Pepe, you know what I mean? I felt they could have like done that in certain areas. Gabriel, let's be honest, is a fantastic signing. Who's ever done that? You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, Partey looks a good signing. Like, you know. Um, so out of the three signings that we made this summer, two of them look decent. Very good. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? So if there is going to be money available, Harry, what would you do if one of them managers is there? Would what? you would you pull the plug? Yeah, if one of those managers is there, I would pull the plug. The only one I'd be sceptical over, I'm going to get stick for this in the comments, is Brendan Rodgers. Um, I'd take Allegri over him. I'd take Pochettino over him. Um, and Rafa Benitez over him. I, I really would. I think Russ made a good point about them, you know, that those managers are going to have to work under certain conditions. Those those conditions, though, they're not as bad as people will have you believe. And, and we've just spoken, look, Nicolas Pepe, £72 million. William Saliba, £30 million near enough, not even in the squad. 
We're paying somebody 350 grand a week to do nothing. We've given Aubameyang a mega contract. We've given Willian a mega contract. We've spent nearly 30 million on Gabriel. We've spent 45 million on Thomas Partey. People can't tell me that Arsenal don't have or spend money. We do. We just spend it badly. And and the, the issue is here, um, and why I think the Cronkies have actually changed the direction now. And, you know, they try, Arsenal tried the whole, let's let Raul do the transfers, Hus Farmi do the negotiations, Unai Emery's the head coach. It didn't work. It didn't work. And now that's why they've tried to go back in, in a way to the, the model that Wenger was operating under, where the manager is involved in all the aspects of the thing. They've, they've backtracked on the change they originally made. And I, because, think that's, and I think that's put unnecessary work and pressure on Arteta Exactly. As well. Yeah, it has. It's added to Arteta's workload. On the one hand, it's a positive because he gets to pick the players that fit his way. But also as well, you know, and again, going back to that money point, we, we're talking about a period where Arsenal haven't been in the Champions League. Financially, that is massive. Do not underestimate how big that is financially for the football club. Yet, even without being in the Champions League, Arsenal are still operating on the costs of a Champions League club in terms of their wage budget. They're still paying out those wages and they're still spending money because they're desperately trying to get back into it. Now, the resource is there and you only have to look down the Seven Sisters Road to see that a club that also, you know, you could argue have their restraints and have still managed to be at a higher level than us, they're a prime example of it because the management has been good. Daniel Levy has gone and done good business. He's had good managers at the football club. So that that's proof that it can be done. We spent more than them and we can't do it. That means that there's something else fundamentally wrong. So for me, it's not a money issue at all. It's a, a management issue, whether that's right at the very top, whether that's uh, you know, like Vinay, what does Vinay really know about football? Is he someone? What does, what does, he, actually, what does he actually do? I don't know. I don't even know what he's he's, doing. he's a he's an executive, right? Every club has an executive. He'll do deals with sponsors. He'll do that kind of thing. He'll run the club like an executive. And then you need the football people. That's where Edu's supposed to come in, and him and Arteta are supposed to be this dream team trying to do that. Where I'm like, so if I'm judging it solely on Arteta's management since the start of this season, I can't help but feel like I want him to be moved on. But I also have to stop sometimes and think about the fact that it's not been a year yet. Three months of that year, Mikel didn't have the team on the training ground because we were in lockdown. There was no football. So th- there's a lot of factors. There's been the unrest at the top, Raul leaving, Edu coming in, different things going on. You know, there is. There are so many factors to this rather than it just being the manager, which makes me a little bit hesitant in sort of screaming at the rooftops that I want him out. Just before you guys come in, sorry, just a quick super chat. Alexander Gomez, thank you for your kind donation, mate, says Vinay and Edu will have to leave the club before I change, before a change can be affected. In my opinion, CPS needs to investigate AFC recruiting process. I smell a rat. And also, guys, um, there is over a thousand people watching live at the moment, which is incredible. Um, oh, Craig, incredible. Craig normally keeps an eye on it. So I don't know how good that is in comparison to other weeks. But please, there's a thousand of you there. So make sure you smash that like button and subscribe to the channel if you're new. It really, really helps. Get, getting, back, getting back to uh, the playing staff, lads. Uh, have, have any, has anyone got any idea why Saliba 
hasn't sort of found favour with the manager. It's it's a real weird one, isn't it? I mean, he was he was getting rave reviews in France, and he just hasn't. He it obviously. Sorry, Russ, it goes down to it's not Mikel Arteta's player again. That's what I think it so surely goes down to. I really do, you know. He had yeah, to but, spend seven million Lee, on him. But Lee, if, if Lionel Messi turned up at the club and he wasn't he wasn't Arteta's player, would he treat him like that? Well, it this is this is the problem with Mikel, isn't it? There's, at the moment that he certainly does. You, you can't you look at the, the, the at this moment, look. Holding's not his player at this moment in time. Mustafi's not his player at the time. But they're getting more game time or more minutes than he ever has done. You know what I mean? He hasn't got any. He hasn't even been put in the Europa League squad, which we, we which he was letting players rest. I think Aubameyang's played one game yeah. in that. And you know that, what I mean? And, that, and, and as has been alluded to before, our right-hand side is, is Pony. Yeah, but, uh, why, why has he been given a chance? I, uh, you know, this this is the thing. And the other thing now is uh, he's coming out now. And I think, which is a worry, this is a worry for me, right? This is a worry. He's, he's kept himself quiet all the time about it. All of a sudden, when things are just starting to, to go sour for, for Mikel, oh, and he's jumped in and said what he's had to say. It's another... Uh, now, if you like, in or, or another chip at uh, Arteta, Harry. What, what, is, say is, it, is, Lee. Now in the coffin. You wanted to say now? Well, coffin. yeah, I did. I did say. The players are the players are putting in the nails and and and, and banging in the nails as well, wouldn't they? It, it does oh. look like that. I can't. I can't see any other it, way now. It's exactly. It's exactly what started to happen at the end of Emery's time, isn't it? Exactly where, right, Harry. Exactly. Where, where you're not, when things are going well, you look like a bit of an arsehole if you come out as a player and you, you know, if, if you, your team is winning and you're not playing and you're sitting there making noises every week going, well, I'm not playing, you know, and, and complaining about it, but the team's winning, you look like a bit of a prat. The problem is now for Mikel Arteta is that all the players that he's sort of, you know, isolated, all the players that he's sort of taken a little bit of an issue with, when the, the the sort of wolves are are out circling, they're gonna all come to the forefront, and they're all gonna have to stick the knife in. And William Saliba going on Instagram and and sharing jokes about being left out with Matteo Genduzzi is a prime example of what Lee was talking about earlier on about clicks forming, clicks groups of people. You know, Lee, we you know that we've spoken on here lots of times about how Socrates isn't really up to it to play as an Arsenal centre back, but in terms of his attitude. We could never have faulted him, could we? Every game he gave 100%. He's one of the, the natural leaders in that group. He's a great friend of Aubameyang's. He's a great friend of, of some of the other players. He's spoken about in such high regard. And if you're to believe the reports that came out last night, he's been completely banished from the side with no explanation. Yet there are other players. Pablo Marie was in the squad. Pablo Marie, who has just now come back to fitness two weeks before January when you can re-register your squad was in the squad and Socrates wasn't. Now, how do you think that went down with some of the other players? Who watched that guy train well every single day, who have watched that guy become a leader within the dressing room, regardless of what his footballing ability is like. It's not quite up to scratch, but he hasn't been worse than some of the others. And he's been completely kicked. That kind of stuff, does not sit well with players. They they might not pipe up about it at the time, 
but they'll be looking and they'll be watching on at the treatment of some of their teammates and they won't have it. And then when these times come along, these difficult times, you will see that all of that comes out to haunt you, man. You, you can't do it. It's very poor man management. It's um, it's not it's not one of his um, more likable traits, is it? As I said well, before... Hundred percent, Russ, and you have to, you know, forget about the Mesut Ozil thing because there's obviously pr pr problems there. But when you look at the psychiatrist one, you can't go down to attitude. You can't. You could probably go down the road of of Ozil and say attitude, but this is a bloke that yes isn't good enough, right, to play for the Arsenal. But I tell you what, I'd put his body on the line, hundred percent. I, I, there, there's, there's, you could. Put eight players that are not good enough for Arsenal getting games week in, week out. Can I ask um, another question? Far away. Is Saliba good enough to play for Arsenal? Don't know. Don't know, yeah. Don't know. Genuinely don't know. And, and we haven't even been given an opportunity to, to That's explore That's what frustrates that. me, Harry. That's what frustrates me. We wait all that time. We sign a player, on, we sign a player, we loan him back, we stop him from playing in the cup final which must have pissed him right off, called him back, then don't play him. And then what was the point of that? <laughs> well, that was, I'll tell you why that was, because he had one more, if he made another appearance, he'd have had to pay some more money to his to, yeah. to his own That's exactly That's it. Yeah. That is 100% true as well, like, you know. The, well, the other thing is... Saint, the other, Saint Etienne, Saint, sorry, St. Etienne would have had to have paid us more money. No, we'd have had to pay some more money. Because well, well, we, we were we were loading him back to them. No, we, no, but it was it was a thing in there. Where if 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 he played so many games, we had to pay some more money down. Another another uh, fee down. Right, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because, yeah. because of the lockdown, like he would he was say like in the normal season he would have played thirty games, right? Yeah, and if he plays thirty games, it, the fee would have gone up to another whatever. Say another, I don't know how much five hundred thousand, but because of lockdown. And everything like that, he played under the amount of games he should have. But if he'd have gone and played in that final, it would have took him to the to the to the thing where Arsenal have had to pay no more money, and they weren't prepared. Senatian weren't prepared to waive that or something. Politics and all that, like you know, what I mean. But again, at the end of the day, if you, as you say, if you really really want him, you go with it. You know what I mean, and, and, yeah. and, and pay it. Like the other question, you know, you say about Saliba. Do we think that? Um, do we think that Eddie's good enough? Like, you know, he's had enough chances yet. We're not sure, are we? We're not sure. But Balligan, we, 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 why, why has he not been given a chance? Why has he not? I've watched him a couple of times. Yes, it's the Europa League. I look at him and I think to myself, he looks like a player. Now, I watched Man United um, a few seasons ago. Rashford scored a couple of goals in the Europa League game. And they went, well, well we aren't worried about the opposition. We're playing. He played against Arsenal, score. Why are we not doing that with these young... Why is he, like, giving it to Eddie, Eddie, Eddie? Eddie even come on on Sunday. He even started a game against Dundalk, which was a dead rubber. We could have played Ballingon on that game. It, it, it seems to me, oh, I don't want to play Ballingon because if he scores too many goals, I'm going to have to put him in. That seems to be the attitude of, of the manager. Bit of a Balligan, worry. Ballingon is another, another victim of the brick wall. Ballingon has not... I think Balogun has uh, been told that his pathway to the first team is very is going to be very limited, and uh, I think you'll find that he's already some, well 
been his head's been turned by Liverpool, and we ain't going to see him as an Arsenal player anyway. So perhaps perhaps that is was in Arteta's mind. With well, his if mind. They, that's, that's fair enough. He, he's he's gone. That, that's what I heard. I heard, I heard that Balogun was was not going to sign a contract with us, and he was going to talk to Liverpool in January. He's already talked to Liverpool. Come on, it's yeah, just well. another. It just leaves another bad taste in the mouth. Another really promising talent which we've nurtured is going to be let go for nothing again. It just frustrates the soul case out of me. The poor the way is, we've been run. He's 19 years of age and he's never been given a chance. So what would you, what would you, as how a player... Old, how, how old was Tony Adams when he made his debut? 17. How old was Martinelli when he made his debut? Yeah, they're good points. Yeah. Fabregas, 16. It's good points. I mean, we overplayed Fabregas. We fucked his hamstrings up, but that's another that's another story for another day. I, I just don't get this. If you're good enough, you're old enough, yeah, and, we and we ain't in the, we ain't blessed with super, superb quality all through our our team as we see week in week out. I just don't understand the logic of not giving these boys a chance. Yeah, put him in against Burnley, a home game. You know we. We've got nothing to lose with them. I'll put them sort of players in there. It frustrates me. Well, about Enketia, Enketia would do really, really well at a team like Manchester City. Do you know why he would do well at a team like Manchester City? Because he would get service in the box. That boy's a natural finisher in the box. His build-up play is piss poor. He ain't got no build-up play. But oh, I, will, I will say on Eddie's point of view, and people are saying in the chat, if Balogun, if Balogun is not going to sign a contract and his head has been turned, which we don't know that it has, but if it has, and he's not going to sign the contract, just like the same with Mustafi and all that, like that's it. Let him let you know, let, let it go and try and work on a on a on an Eddie and all that, like you know. I just feel again it's mismanagement from uh from above, down below, or whatever. It's not you know, we, we've we've missed out on this, like you know, you know, people are talking about Smith Rowe. I think you know, with Smith Rowe, he's been injured. You know, what I mean, yeah. you can't just, that that. Unfortunately, he has been injured, and um, he he's shows back. But he's come right back at the end of of the Europa League campaign. If he'd have been and what fit, did they do? And what did they do with Smith Rowe? Lee? They put him out on loan, didn't they, to a championship to toughen him up a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I, I, you know, maybe he needs to do it again. I think Willock needs to go out on loan. I really do. I think that there's about three or four of them that, that need to go out on loan, um, to be honest. You know, we, haven't the big... got, we haven't got the squad depth to afford that luxury, no. have we? Well, we? We could have done, Russ, if these bloody yeah. senior players... Have, have put their finger out, but they've they've not done it now, have they? Like you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, they've they've they they've um, let the club down. I mean, meaning that we've now in a position where we've probably got we've got to be. Um, I, I think we've got to play the younger players now. I think there's no choice. I don't think he's got. This so reminds me of when when um, Terry Neal took over the club and. And we'd sold Frank McClintock and replaced him with Terry Mancini. And we brought Alan Ball in, who'd really upset the apple cart with his antics. Rest in peace, Alan Ball. I love watching Alan Ball play, by the way. He was 20, 30 years ahead of his time. The point I'm making is that he wasn't frightened, Terry Neal. He came from the enemy to manage us, right? Yeah. So he'd done, his, he'd, done his, he'd done his education. He was a former Arsenal player, same as Arteta is. 
and he was brave and he put Graham Ricks in the side and he put David Price in the side and he and these players would walk into our team now, Brady and Stapleton. And he bought good players. He bought good players to pop to compliment them, McDonald and Sunderland. So we, I think that's the thing that's missing with Arteta. He hasn't had that chance to, to, to wave his wand over the forward line yet with, a, with, with his own signing up top, which could be a game changer. That little link-up player that could uh, make all the difference. Sabayos, he don't fancy, does he? He just doesn't He doesn't rate him. He never has that. It just, it just shows that, doesn't it? Why, why bring him back then? We brought him back because we were bloody desperate because he let Torreira and Genduzi go without... You know, without making sure we had enough. You know, he brought El Nenny back. Fine, El Nenny's done all right at times, but we know he's a limited footballer. He's a, he's a but, good pro, ain't he, Harry? Yeah, he's, he is. He is. I would never slag El Nenny off. No, I, 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 I wouldn't, but he's not dynamic enough. He's not yeah. going to break teams down for you. Go away from home. He's the perfect player. He'll put work rate in. Great, no problem. But could, you know, everybody could see throughout the summer that we needed that bit of creative spark that it was Santi Cazola's birthday the other day and there was all these clips going around of oh, Santi Cazola that that kind of technical master we do not have a single one in the side the closest thing we have to that is sitting at home on Twitter laughing at us every weekend yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't forget we used to have a scout because it Cajigal used to do all the Spanish and Italian scouting for us and uh, he's been sacked yeah. So, so, so where's our scouting network in those countries now? This is the, this is the issue. You know, you, you yeah. can talk about sort of the players that we've... I'm not saying that Genduzi is would have made a difference and, and Arsenal would have been sort of flying high had he been here. But when you look at the other crap that's being selected now and that's playing week in, week out, you can't tell me he wouldn't have given us a bit more dynamism than some of those guys, than a Granite Xhaka, um, you know, then. Then El Nenny at times. A couple of times, Russ, you mentioned earlier on in the stream, you mentioned um, taking the game by the scruff of the neck. There was a couple of games in particular last season that Genduzi for all his faults, the North London derby in the second half yeah. at the Emirates and the game against Aston Villa. Do you remember when we came, uh, narrowly beat Aston Villa Harry, at Harry, the Emirates? Harry, Lee will yeah. tell you, we, we see him make his first, his debut at Ball and Wood about what, three years ago now when we won yeah. about 9-0, I think. And I said then, I said, he's just got something about him. Straight away, you could just tell, can't you? He was calm and yeah. all. And I'll tell you what, I don't want to jump the gun, but I, I see a similar sort of thing with that Aziz fella. He only came on for a little cameo, didn't he? But I see something in him. When you, If a normal fan like me, right, I've never played football at any level. I've watched a lot of football. If someone like me sees something and I think, yeah, wow, he's, he's got something, but our coaching staff can't and our manager can't. It can't be about football, can it? It's got to be about personality. It's got to be about agendas other than football skill because, you know, Gwen Dozy, to me, he should be playing for Arsenal. He should, he's Look, good enough to be playing for Arsenal. So, man, with, I don't understand it. With the Gendouzi one, I think we can all agree that he's good enough compared to what we currently have. Obviously, there was attitude issues. And, and for me, when I heard all of that, I was I wasn't that against it at the time because I did feel like Mikel Arteta was making an example of someone whose attitude has been bad and he's got him out and that's actually a good thing. It's a good thing if it's not if it's to weed out the the sort of bad 
sort of atmosphere in and around the change room. But if it's, it's a, a good, detriment it's a good, of your team... It's a good it, thing, Harry. If, if, if we get rid of a player like that on a loan and he comes back to us an improved player, but not if we just fuck him off and we never see him again. Yeah. But also, you know, you do that, you do, you make decisions like that, but if they're to the detriment of your team, then are they the right decision? As a football manager, I spoke about it earlier, about Arteta not wanting a lot of these players, wanting to get new players in eventually. And when I say the process, I'm talking about moving those players on and getting the ones he wants. Yes, that's all well and good. The end goal is there. But in getting there, he has to manage this football club to be as competitive as they possibly can to try and get back in the Champions League. And if banishing players that are better than the ones he's got because he doesn't quite like their attitude, it is going to stop him getting there, then that's wrong. We're a better side with Mesut Ozil. He should be in the squad. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if he doesn't start every week, but he's not worse than Joe Willock at number 10. He's not worse than Alexander Lacazette at bloody number 10. Yet he's been he's been put aside. There's so many players that Arteta has done this with. Letting Lucas Torreira go. I mean, why? Yes, he didn't pull up trees all the time, but we've in defence of... Um... In defence of Arteta on the Torreira one, Harry, um, Torreira had great issues with learning English and his family were all stuck in Italy. They couldn't get their visas to come over here or whatever. And he was able to fly backwards and forwards, apparently, to see his wife. And it weren't ideal. I think the club let him down a little bit there, actually. I didn't do due diligence. I didn't press hard enough. You know... Listen, at the end of the day, the Torreira could come back, so could Guendouzi. But one thought, what I've got, because we're running out of time, one midfielder that's still there and uh, let us down again yesterday, is it uh, in Granite Shacker? Um, I, I, I think at the end of Do you know what I'm going to say? I thought it was a little bit hard done by. It was a little bit aggravated. It was handbags, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it, it was. But, you know, at the end of the day, he'd made the bad foul, which he should just... Got up, just dusted himself down and all that. Walked away. Walked away, but he didn't, you know what I mean? And probably, I, you know, lots of people saying that maybe Granite shouldn't shouldn't been in the side, like, you know, in the first place. Listen, Granite Shaka is not the only one that's formed or performances have dropped since last season. You can go on about Tobias, you can go on about five, six, seven of them. Like, you know what I mean? Is is that it now for Granite. I'm a little bit disappointed about, uh, again, he hasn't come out and said sorry for what he'd done. You know what I mean? I've, I've seen David he Louise did, come out and say sorry. He did I've last seen, timely. Why are you surprised? He, he didn't come time. out and say that he was wrong. I haven't seen it from, from uh, Granite again. Like, is time running out for Granite Shaka? Harry, I know you're a big fan of his and, and whatever, but, you know, what, what's your, what is your um, call on this now? With Xhaka, it's for me. It's never been, oh, Granite Xhaka's the best midfield player in the world. He has to play every week. It's that Granite Xhaka in the right system can do a job, and that job is to sit in front of the back four uh, or a back five. He's better at sitting in front of a back five and pro- provi- produ- providing, sorry, that extra screen and being able to drop into those deeper positions um, and pick up the ball. The issue is that once you get Granite Xhaka. Once you start asking Granite Xhaka to cover big distances, once you start asking him to press people, all of his shortcomings come to the forefront of things. And you can straight away see that he is very limited in what he does. Granite Xhaka's always had this 
whatever managers worked with him has said it. So it, there must be some truth in it that he's a leader, yeah. that he, he's very vocal, that he is um, somebody who the players have a lot of respect for, who always tries his best, even if it's not good enough. I felt sorry for him when that whole incident happened last season because I felt like, the, Lee, we were at the Sheffield United away game um, where he he got booed prior to that incident happening. Do you remember yeah. he, when he got yeah. substituted? That had been building up for a few weeks and, and Granit Xhaka lost his temper, like any of us would have lost their, uh, their temper. He bounced back, credit to him for that, but he's oh, by bouncing back, by getting his head right again, it's never made him the ideal midfield player or the midfield player that we're desperately crying out for. I would defend him to the hilt when it comes to his him not being as bad as some people will make out because I genuinely do believe that. But what I cannot defend, I cannot defend Granite Xhaka doing what he did yesterday. The flip side of that as well is that why has Mikel Arteta not gone in as hard on Granite Xhaka as he did on Nicolas Pepe? Now, playing devil's advocate here, when I first thought about it, I thought, what a hypocrite. You know, he refused to sort of say as harsh words as he did on Pepe about Granite Xhaka. He wouldn't say it. They were trying to get it out of him in the interviews, in the press conference. He wouldn't say it. But then I'm thinking to myself, am I being harsh on Mikel Arteta? Is this because he caused a load of shit when he said it about Pepe for himself within the group? Yeah, maybe he learned his lesson. And maybe he learned his lesson and he's backed off a little bit. So it could be that as well. We don't know for sure, but... You can understand why it's being seen as as Mikel Arteta being hypocritical and why it could cause problems for him in the changing room. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, I think that maybe like he's probably thought well, that was a little bit harsh. But again, once you said it, you know, uh, and it's come up to bite him, bite him again with one of his like so-called favourites, it, it's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you go on about Quinn Doozy had done wrong and someone else had done wrong. Let's, let's get it right. Willian done wrong by going to Dubai. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, this, this, like and, and what was his reward? Straight back into the side. Yeah, you know? yeah. and, this, and this is this is the problems that you've got. Uh, Russ, what, what is your thoughts about Shaki yesterday? Because I, I think when I look at it, like I think Arsenal didn't play well yesterday, but we was on top at that moment. I felt that we might nick it one deal. We looked like we was going to score. It, it was a moment of madness, but is it a, a moment of madness too many now for him? He's a good pro. Um, he's a good pro, but he's too slow. <laughs> <laughs> he's too slow. He's, he's he, for the Premiership just whizzes past him. He was he was bought as our sort of perlo, wasn't he, to sort of ping balls over the top of the of a midfield press and to put to put people in. And we just don't see that. And it's almost as if Arteta doesn't want to see that sort of passing. He wants to see tick-tock, tick-tick, tick-tack passing. And it's boring to watch. There's nothing better than seeing a winger flying down the touchline and that ball pinging over, inch perfect, and he takes it, whacks the ball across and someone hits it in the back of the net. I've said it for donkey's years. It's the most effective ball. It's the most effective way to play football. But he doesn't seem to be in Arteta's game plan to do that. So he's another square peg in a round hole to me. Um, he always looks really assured when he plays for Switzerland in, in that position that he, you yeah. know, that Harry was alluding to. And, uh, uh, 
Yeah, if you're if you're if you're comfortable playing international football, you've got some class about it. I'm not going to completely slag him off, but he's a very slow, ploddy player. A bit like George Graham was, really. George Graham was a slow, ploddy player, but he could get into the box and score a goal as well. That's the difference. It doesn't seem to have no engine on him. Doesn't seem to be able to do the yards, as Harry said. And I'm afraid I was one of the ones that called for his head. But I'm not afraid. I'm, I, I, I'll be I did. I called for his head the last time round. But I'll tell you one thing now, and Arsenal fans should be fucking ashamed of themselves, is that online fucking disgraceful trolling of him and his family, or of any Arsenal player. If you're an Arsenal fan, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself doing that sort of thing. That is not classy. That is not the Arsenal way. And no matter how bad a player is, you do not attack his family and a man. And then people wonder, and then people wonder why he told people to fuck off, and people wonder yeah, yeah. why he doesn't come out and apologize. What's would you apologize for something if after the incident you've turned on your phone, you've gone on your Instagram, and you've got people wishing death on your family, your wife, and kids who've got nothing to do with the whole thing? This is what Arsenal fans don't get, you know, yeah. just because they play for the football club. And we are the fans of the football club. We it don't own him. Us, yeah, we don't, we don't own him. It doesn't give us the right to personally abuse people, whoever it is, not just yeah. Granite Shacker, whoever it is. It's, and it's don't, they realize, don't they realise that they're doing this? They're giving us a bad name. They're giving us, um, they're giving, they're giving uh, players that are p- potential signings a bad vibe about our club. Come on, let's be classy about this. Let's not fucking steaming into players, no matter how bad they are. They put the Arsenal shirt on, you support them. Once they took the Arsenal shirt off, yeah, criticise them, but there's limits to the criticism. You don't go death threatening. You don't go slagging their family off. It's completely out of order. It's just not the Arsenal way. It's not the Arsenal way at all. I, I, I had to say that because I, I felt sorry. I feel sorry for any Arsenal player or any player of any team who's getting that sort of treatment on social media. It's unacceptable. The, the, you know, like Grant Shacker has got it, and my my opinion of Grant Shacker is now that you know he'd probably be better off at another uh, in another country. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think the Premiership just passes him by. Yeah, and I think there's nothing nothing wrong in that. I just think it's probably yeah. a little bit too quick for him. Like, but I, I've also seen the, the you know like the the abuse that Mikel Arteta's getting over the last couple of days. A lot of people have been calling in names and things like that. It's uncalled for. He's a manager that won us won us a cup three or four months ago. Seventeen weeks ago. Yeah, he's not getting things right. <laughs> It doesn't, and you've got every right to criticise him and, and say that he's not doing his job and whatever, and, and say you want him, but but to to abuse him, come on, you know what I mean? That is that is a thing that we've got to stop doing at your Arsenal, you know. Yeah. And any anybody, even on social media, like you know, I would never get on my phone and think, oh, I'm gonna gonna abuse Harry or somebody like that, or or or, or one of the players. It just I had, more- I had it never week, uh, Lee. I had it never week. I put a post up about. Um, a thread about Cronky and about attacking Arteta as being a bit lazy. And I, I said, and this bloke said, well, that's lazy what you're saying. So I said, well, can you explain it? Can you explain your comment? And he went, fuck off, you absolute cunt. That's what he told me. That was his explanation. Yeah, exactly. Whoever you are, you're proud. Because that's just fucking... Yeah, that, speaking, so. to another, speaking to another Arsenal fan like that, that's just fucking... That's just 
rank to me. Well, and that's it. You know, people are on there to just argue with you and things like that. And, and you know, this is why, um, you know, I think these players are mad going on there at times. And, 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 and the fact of the matter is, you know, look, Mikel Archer, he might not be doing the job that he that we want him to do and it might not be successful ever, but it certainly doesn't deserve all the abuse he gets. And, and, and the same with Granite Shacker. I'm going to leave it there boys, because uh, it's been going for just over an hour. And um, I'll tell you what, could have gone for another hour, like talking about that. I don't think we've got through all of it as, as well. We can do um, just before we go Southampton home on um, um, Wednesday. I think it is isn't it? Wednesday, yeah, six o'clock, yeah. Wednesday, six o'clock. Just briefly, Harry, what, what's your thoughts on that? What do you think is going to happen? And um, I don't really want to get your prediction. Just uh, just say what you think. It's going to be... A d- no, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it based on the way Southampton are playing, based on the way, um, you know, we've been playing. You look at Ralph Hasenhutl's side and they play with energy, intensity, uh, direction and understanding of what their jobs are. Basically, all the things that we seem to not have at the moment. Um, so I feel like it's, um, you know, with this home record at the moment, which is obviously playing on people's minds, I feel like um, it's not, you know, it's, it's not the ideal fixture. <laughs> I said it, sorry, I said it, um, or someone said it to me about the Wolves game. Southampton are not so good that if they beat you, it's acceptable, but they're not bad enough that you can roll them over easily. So it's one of those teams where you don't want to be. It could be one where we turn. Let's hope it's one we can turn the corner, please. With 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 a different and a different different right back. Let's hope we can turn the corner. Can you see it? Okay, with a different right back, a better a better understanding. Bellerin, Bellerin just hasn't got an understanding of defending. He 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 switches off. He 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 tracks a runner when he should hold his position and catch people offside. He's he's positional. He's a positional nightmare to me, um, and he's and, and where he was effective before going forward as a wing back, he's lost that half a yard of pace since he's had that injury, and he's just not the same player. So I'm, I'm hopeful that we can be a bit more solid, a bit more um, effective down that right side, give us a bit more balance, and uh, hopefully we hope we can get a result of some sort. Uh, well, let's, let's hope that we can. Like Mark's in the chat, like you know, I thought we was on uh, having a week on holiday, like you know what I mean. So obviously, like uh, the swimming slot was taken up tonight. Like that's all I'm saying about that. So uh, hope you're having a nice time, Mark, and uh, try not to uh, uh, let Dan have too many beers to drown his sorrows, like you know what I mean. So look, guys, let's we wrap it up there. Let's hope, let's hope that Arsenal can. Turn it around on uh, Wednesday night and, and we can start feeling a little bit better and hopefully get uh, three points on the board. We need it, don't we? Come on. Yeah, you know. come on, you Gunners. Come on, you Gunners. This come on, you Mighty Reds. Come on. And uh, we'll see you next week when all the guys will be on. We'll be opening our presents because we've done the old secret Santa light. You know? Mine has arrived. So uh, there you go. Do you want to arrive yet, Harry? Uh, I sent mine out yesterday. So... Uh, I haven't had one arrive, but I've sent one oh, out. You sent yours out, like, so we should yeah. all have them by uh, next Monday. If not, tough, Harry. That's all I'll say, because mine's <laughs> here. So there you go. Russ, thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Lovely. Um, Enjoyed it. Thanks very much for inviting me on. No, no worries. Right, Harry, always a pleasure. Never a chore. Um, until next week, lads, keep the faith. We'll try to. Come on, you gooners. Up the Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.